Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello, this is Deborah Francis-White and you're listening to The Guilty Feminist. This is the second part of our 100th episode special recorded at the London Palladium with Guardian Live. The second half of the show began with a performance of Suffragedon, our work-in-progress musical about the fight for votes for women. On the night, this lasted about 25 minutes, but we're going to include only about 10 minutes here. Don't worry, you'll be able to hear more on the exclusive EP, which will be out soon. Later in the show, you'll hear from Kima Bob, Felicity Ward, Laura Bates, Leila Hussein, Sindhu V and Ali McGregor. Enjoy. Cause as women our rights are inaccessible Our leaders and heroes are unelectable The conditions we live in are such a terrible It's terrible, it's an abomination Blatant, covered with discrimination They push us out of every situation Without women there will be no population No population, no, no population Ignore our intelligence and prevent us from exploring, developing Our daughters are never taught more than orders and etiquette They're just forced to conform with their benefit Oh, shit. 
Still I lead our war. Every bone in my body aches and is also sore. This lion is hurt and wounded, but still ready to roar. If you don't hear us now, then prepare for what's in store. I had to play like men for them to notice me. Instead of hearing our message, they reduced and they broken me. They thought I'd go away, but this fueled the more outspoken me. And now I see it clear, eyes wide open, this is the woken me. I've lived through my own destructions, just like how it's supposed to be. So if you kill me now, be haunted by the ghost in me. And yeah, you humiliate me, but I don't feel humiliated because you can't eliminate me. You gotta change it. From my room in Manchester to the world, we must escape this. Everything they've thrown and dished out, I've used against them and switched round. Now I stand up, I don't sit down.
we're still in battle because the war is not over. We don't celebrate, but we take a step closer. We're constantly provoked and look over our shoulder. But today, I'm not a victim. Today, I am a soldier. I'm not sorry for the harshness, for the loud bangs and the gory. For without these methods of action, we would have no glory. We made the sky stormy, but for the first time ever, women can write their own story. We protested with peace and we protested with speech and were beaten in the streets and hit hard by police. We were thrown into prison and we were stripped of our clothes. We got thrown into prison and we were stripped of our souls. So we starved until forced to eat, head back, chew down your nose and strap to a seat, hoping it goes down the right hole and we don't die from disease. It was diabolical, horrific. It was torture on repeat. They put us through so much pain. We stuck ourselves to the railings and they came and cut all the chains. But the shackles around our feet and neck, they still remain. No more woman, call me by my name. Our time for it, sacrifice for it, won't give in to it. I've been homeless, I've been sick, I've lost so many friends, I've been beaten, I've been hit, I've been driven round the bend. I even lost my son and couldn't be there at the end. But the power of my mind has led my heart to mend. I now know, I now know, without loss there is no gain. So, focused and determined is how we shall remain. Hoping and praying one day for change. This is unacceptable. Say it with me again. We hurt. We are so many soldiers down. Emily literally threw herself in front of the king's horse and died on the ground. Hoping for one day that humanity will be found. We are women. Give us our crown. Our time for it. Sacrifice for it. Won't give in to it. Thank you so much. That was Suffragettin. Um, for our 100th anniversary of the Suffragette show, which we had a few months ago, I just decided, I thought, oh, I don't want to just invite women of colour on so they can explain how they were excluded. Because that's actually exhausting. It's like, oh, and a black woman to go, yeah, we weren't really invited, and it was very difficult. And, we try, uh. and so I thought, well, what would happen if we put the narrative into the hands of women of colour and just said, come back with something, the same way that Hamilton is the story of America then told by America now. What if this is the history of British women then told by British women now? And we realised that the suffragettes, some of them were, let's be clear, quite racist. 
Well, they were, like, you know, let's be honest. Um, some of them weren't, and some of them were, and some of them, you know, subtle gradations. But uh, their idea was bigger than their intentions. And their idea arrives on the stage with these women. By the way, never commission a musical. It's so expensive. <laughs> Do not... I have no money left. No money left at all. But 100%, I honestly think this is a 100th episode of The Guilty Feminist here tonight, and I honestly think it's the best thing we've ever done. I really, really feel that. I would like to invite uh, back onto the stage the uh, composers and creators. So uh, could we please have Roxanne Armourose and Mark Hodge. So Omar Rose and Mark Hodge are composing the music and these amazing hip-hop artists, obviously, you can see what they're doing. Uh, collectively, this is an amazing creation and the spirit of this group is incredible, everybody actually. So last time we asked for eight minutes, they gave us 12 I would recommend, if you are going to hire anybody to do anything, hire women of colour. Genuinely, it's, I'm not making that... I mean, I'm not... I'm really... Genuinely, you just go, oh, here's some opportunity and a small amount of money, and, and we get it done. they will come back with extraordinary things. <laughs> uh, seriously, and I know women of colour are not done. a monolithic group, and I'm not trying to go, you know, like, whitewash or angelize or anything of that, that but it is a fact that every time I've invited a woman of colour to do anything, they've come back with more than I've asked for. Omarose... Yeah. You were the first person I met after Mark Hodge, who I met at university, so that doesn't count. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, you yep. did. And actually, I met Omarose through... You know Steve Alley, who was on the stage before, Syrian chap who I lecture in my kitchen? Um, he introduced me to Omarose because Omarose was a volunteer in the Calais Jungle, and at the end, she was a volunteer firefighter in the Calais oh, Jungle. <laughs> And so that's how I met Omarose, and I said, would you like to do this? And she said, yes. So could you tell us a little bit about what's happened so far? And since we did the first 12-minute performance, and we said, could it be 20 next time? Yes, thank you to everyone who contributed to the Kickstarter. That was really very, very helpful for us to get going again. So we got together again, all of us, the writers, myself and Mark first to begin with. We spent a couple of weeks researching in the library every day and then built what we would like to be a full musical. So we've done, like, first draft... <laughs> of what a two-hour show would be. And then we started to build this 25 minutes, 20 minutes, sorry, 20 minutes. And... Um, it came in at like 20 It's 25, it's probably 27. And we just basically chose some really interesting scenes from what we imagine a two-hour show to be and then just started to write some cool music to it to try and combine some musical theatre and some hip-hop. And then Rox and Oracy came in and put down some amazing lyrics and here we are. Um, and Rox and Oracy, how's this been, this development process for you, and where would you like it to go next? It's been amazing. It's been amazing just working with all the girls as well. Everyone works really hard, even the guys as well, even though we're like... <laughs> even let's not forget the men. The men work well too, but it's just been amazing. Listen, they're, um, they're in the back row, they're fine. They're doing yeah, yeah. fine, they're doing great. I agree, and we've got them in black, so they, they blend in. <laughs> <laughs> jokes, jokes, the men are lovely, but it's just been amazing working with everyone. It's been amazing working with everyone, and um, <laughs> thank God we didn't have to do the research, no offence, but it's just been really... Wait, we've been research, having a lot of fun man. just playing with the flows and the lyrics, and it's just, for me, it's, it's amazing, obviously, as a woman, and a woman of colour, and playing Emmeline, who, um, especially hip-hop, is all about rebelling and going against, so to be Emmeline, who just wanted to go against and rebel, it's kind of like, I think she's my spirit animal, so it's just nice, I feel like we're connected. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, you really make us feel that. We feel it when we watch you. And Oracy, how's this going for you? Splendid, darling. It's lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable. Predominantly before this, I was just a hip... I shouldn't say just, but I was a strictly hip-hop artist. So this is a bit of a diversifying... Mm. Oracy, you said last time you were at the Palladium, that was the first time you'd been to the oh, theatre. It was. So and is this the second time the you've second been to the theatre? the first time I saw the Chuckle Brothers. Oh. <laughs> so... Yeah, but this is my third time, so, yeah, I'm certified. Are you now feeling... Yeah, oh. these are my homies. I feel bonded now. They're nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
And Mark, how's it been for you writing a musical about suffragettes with so many women? Well, you and I met with so many women. I, I don't even notice. I don't even notice, Jenna. I don't. I don't. But I mean, seriously, Debbie did say to me when she was thinking about this, you know, this is a piece which is created and driven by women of colour. She said to me, thank God you're gay. <laughs> I say it often, Mark. Thank God you're gay or I couldn't stop myself. Um, <laughs> Hashtag consent. <laughs> but you now have an agent collectively and there's a development process in the works. Uh, fingers crossed it works out with the theatre. Yeah, yeah, um, there's an EP coming out. Uh, there's an EP yes. coming out so you'll be able to have it on your iPod. As you go into meetings, you'll be able to be... I already do it with the version I've got. I worked hard for it. <laughs> Sacrifice for it. Just one minute, white man. Don't give in to him. Oh, this is an actual true story. She's not exaggerating. She does that on the way I into meetings. She's it. not lying. I do. I I've do. Before many we go into her. meetings, I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I do, do think we need more feminist hip hop because I do love a bit of hip hop sometimes to get in the mood. But I mean, let fewer bitches and hoes. More, you know, you know, get my shit together. Um, you guys are incredible. Absolutely Thank incredible. You. Thank you. I give you the wonderful Suffragettin! And now, put your hands together and make extraordinary guilty feminist high-fiving sounds for the phenomenal Kima Bob! Like, I need this thing to do whatever's gonna happen. Hey guys, oh wow, it's so heavy, it's extending. Exciting times, wow. You guys, you guys look really cool. You guys look like, like sexy, but like intimidating. Like hooking up with Edward Cullen, I imagine. <laughs> I have imagined a lot. Um, yeah, cool audience, any POC in the audience? Mmm, mmm. Shout out. How are the white people here? Be honest with me. Let me know. It's cool, it's cool. I'm gonna put you on the spot. I like to ask because when I travel, I wanna know about like the public transport and the food options and the white people. I need to know. I need to know if I'm gonna be uncomfortable or not. Just kidding. I've been here for like a year. I'm like well familiar with the white people. You're right, you're right. You're much cooler than my old white people. Uh, my old, I'm American. My old white people are so lame. Uh, the bar is so fucking low. I'm from Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I escaped. I escaped. Texas is weird. Like, whenever I tell people I'm from there, they'll be like, oh, isn't it so great? Like, why would you leave? And I'm just kind of like, mmm. Like, I'm very much a black woman. Very much a black woman. It's not my first choice of places to be. I sent myself to a private Christian university in the middle of Texas because I don't like freedom. That's what that was about. Um, I sent myself to a place where I could not only not be myself, but never become myself. I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing there. It was so weird. Private Christian University, and I wasn't a private or public Christian. Like, <laughs> what was I doing there? Um, you guys, it was like, it was like the worst place to find out what sex was. Like, once I knew, I was like, oh shit, like, this is amazing. Like, why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we having it? They weren't having it with me having it. I just wanted to have it. Um, I was like, what? Great. Fuck school. I'm going to fuck the school. Like, what's up? Um, yeah. So, uh, fun times with judgment. Uh, so, I found the best times. Uh, this was the worst place to come into queer feelings. The worst place. I didn't know what to do with them. I just saved them up. 
until about mid-March when it was spring break time. Ah! I was like, oh, we're going to go down to Mexico, drink a little tequila, let go of our inhibitions. I'm like <laughs> applying chapstick, playing a Katy Perry song, hoping, <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, oh, this is cherry for sure. <laughs> So sad, you guys. Like, oppression made me a predator. <laughs> I was too strategic about it. So, yeah, uh, school occurred and whatnot, but I've left. I've left America behind. Potentially for good, you guys. I just got a visa! <laughs> yeah! Yes! Give me a cheer for immigration! <laughs> Yeah, I chose Britain first, but that's not what that phrase usually <laughs> means here, is it? So strange. Uh, so I've left, I've left my old white people behind, but I'm still attached to them via Facebook. Uh, and sometimes when I'm like on Facebook, like commenting on something, or like talking about something that has to do with my experience, like a black woman, a woman of color, someone will comment and be like, as a woman, my experience is often erased and my voice is often silent. I feel you, I get you. And uh, I'm just kind of sitting there like, how am I going to tell this bitch that I too am a woman? <laughs> like, don't forget my womanhood. Like, I'm very much a woman. This kind of feminism isn't inclusive. It's inconsiderate. It forgets that there are levels. It's called white feminism, but don't fret white feminism. You can, be, you can be Caucasian and a feminist and not be a white feminist. Hashtag not all white women. I'm here with you, I see you. All I'm saying is, before you come comparing apples to oranges or whatever the phrase is about comparing things that aren't the same, um, maybe just do a bit of listening first because if you want to go to the Oppression Olympics with me, honey. <laughs> I am a queer, mentally ill black woman. Okay? I will be waving at you from the top of the podium, surrounded by a choir of my ancestors' ghosts, holding hands, singing, We Shall Overcome. Good night, guys. She's 24 and has not been doing stand-up that long and like can play the Palladium. I hate her a little bit. I'm a feminist, but... Uh... Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah Francis-White just letting you know that on Sunday, the 10th of June, 2018, there is going to be an enormous procession as a celebration for the 100 years since the first British women got to vote. It will be in Belfast, it will be in Cardiff, it will be in Edinburgh, and it will be in London on Sunday the 10th of June. Women will be wearing purple, green, and violet. And the details of this living piece of art are at processions.co.uk. Please go there to register. Also, I am doing a new television pilot for Channel 4 with Merman. This show is called Next Week's News, and it hopes to capture the same sort of combination of comedy and direct action that The Guilty Feminist has. It will be topical and it's very exciting. We have an all-female comedy writer's room and we very much hope it gets to air. If you would like to come and see the pilot and be in the studio audience, then please go to sroaudiences.com. It's this Wednesday night, June 6th. That's sroaudiences.com, this Tuesday night, June the 6th. Finally, there is a desperate need for tents in Calais at the moment. So if you would go to helprefugees.org and donate a tent and pop Guilty Feminist one word in the box at the end of the purchase, that would be just wonderful. You can buy one for £20 if you can possibly afford that. And if you can't, donate a pound or whatever you have. Thank you so much. And back to the podcast. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to the stage, Sindhu V, Laura Bates for Everyday Sexism, and Layla Hussein for the Dahlia Project. Hey. Oh my God. I come bearing gifts. Yes. Okay, okay well. Can I, can I explain first why yes. we got these gifts? So I run the Dahlia Project, which is the counseling service for FGM survivors. <laughs> Because I pissed off few politicians, I was kind of blacklisted from getting some funding and Sisterhood came and saved me and Deborah was part of that team. And because of women like Deborah, we managed to get over £70,000 to run our clinic and I just wanted to say thank you. And the team from Darling also in the room. Please, a standing ovation. No, 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 seriously. No, 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 no. She no, really, no. really... I, um, I love you. Oh, I love you. you too. Thank Just you. Get really well, tonight. the rest of you can go. Um, <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. That's so lovely. Look, that is amazing. I remember saying to you, I reckon I can get 20. I know you need 50. I reckon I can get 20, which will leave it, we'll get it open to this stage. Yeah. I don't want to take responsibility to 50 in case we can't do it. And we went out to the listeners and we got 70. We got 70. And yeah. it was absolutely amazing. The power amazing. of sisterhood. I always say that. Power was, of yeah, that's absolutely the power of the sisterhood. And, and uh, some, of our, some of our staff from Dali are actually in the room. Can you make some noise if you're in the room? No? Yay! There's only like two um, of us or three of us. Probably. Yeah, and that's not me. I don't have £70,000. I spent it on Suffragettan. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Look, they're not being paid that much. It's just expensive to do a musical. And thank you for Kickstartering that as well. But everybody just went, yeah, I'll put in for that. And what we did is what Becca was saying before, it's an easy ask. That was the first thing that made me think, oh, this podcast could be not just comedy, we could change the world a little bit. And it and did. And, and for me, it's, you know, it, I just wanted, we just wanted to acknowledge thank that you. for such a great so platform. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is for everybody who donated, all of the listeners, <laughs> all of the people. You're not getting Sorry, any of it, and I need to be clear about that. <laughs> I am going to drink it myself, but I will think of you when I do. <laughs> yeah, Sindhu, yes, obviously. Get a straw. But, um, <laughs> so just to be clear, because we've got to do introductions, Sindhu V, you've met, uh, Leila Hussein, Dahlia, and Laura Bates, Everyday Sexism. <laughs> just to be clear, Laura Bates doesn't do Everyday Sexism. <laughs> she created the Everyday Sexism Project, which is totally, totally amazing. What we want to know is what you're doing now. So we raised that 70 grand, that kept it open. Is it still rolling? It's still open, but obviously we're going to need more money because actually what we could do this time around, we had no restrictions, so we could run the support groups in our own way. And actually one of the things we started introducing in our counselling therapy sessions, we now run workshops before they start therapy to understand how mental health services actually work. So that's something right. that we could do. And actually, in that particular workshop, the women get to meet us, the admin team. They get to meet the person who's going to look after their kids. You know, remember, FGM is something, when it happens to you, you lose trust with people, especially with women. So we are a women's organization. So for us, before we say to them, hey, come for some therapy, we actually would like to build that relationship first. So it really meant a lot to us that we can... But obviously, we need to raise more money. Okay. And... How much and more... I, and, I, and I'm, I'm constantly continuing to piss off more politicians, so it's quite awkward. <laughs> I feel really bad for our team. I always have to, like, go down with my head down, going, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to say that about Theresa May, and... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were blacklisted, and that would have been good well, information you know, to have. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. But I didn't know that some politicians didn't like you. I mean, I can kind well, of imagine... Well, I tried to chase her with a vagina costume. What did you expect? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that is true. That is true. I, you know, yeah. And Laura Bates, tell us what's happening with everyday sexism. So just could you quickly give your elevator pitch for what everyday sexism is, in case some people don't know? Yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, it was 2012, and 
I had a terrible week where I experienced a bunch of incidents very close together, started talking to other women and girls and hearing all of their stories pouring out. But many of them made a point of saying, until you asked me, I've never told anyone any of this. So I started trying to talk about sexism and people said, sexism doesn't exist anymore. There's no such thing as sexism. Women are equal now. And I didn't know much about it, so I looked into it, and I found that fewer than a third of our MPs were female, around a fifth of the membership of the House of Lords, that women are seven out of 38 Lord Justices of Appeal and 18 out of 108 High Court judges. The National Gallery had 2,300 works of art, but paintings by just 10 women. It had been over 14 years since a female choreographer had been commissioned to create a piece for the main stage at the Royal Opera House. There were 573 listed statues in the UK, 15% were of women. Two of them were of a named black woman. Women were a tenth of our engineers. Uh, The Royal Society never had a female president. Only 6% of its fellowship were women. 50% of chemistry undergraduates, but only 6% of professors. They only write a fifth of front-page newspaper articles. 84% of those front-page articles are about a male subject or expert. They're only a fifth of our architects. They get 28% of speaking roles in films, but they're three times more likely than men to to take their clothes off. And then people were saying, you know, look elsewhere. There was this dog whistle racism. Look at the way women are treated elsewhere. And actually, in this country where people were saying there's no such thing as sexism anymore, and all of these facts were the case, there were three times more men named John running FTSE 100 companies than all the women in the UK put together. (laughs) I then discovered that a quarter of women experience domestic violence, that a fifth of us experience a sexual offence that there's a phone call to the police every minute about domestic violence, that 85,000 women are raped in the UK and 400,000 sexually assaulted every year, and that over two women a week are killed by a current or former partner. And on that, Laura, (laughs) just because the elevator has got to the top of the building... um, (laughs) We've reached the penthouse. Can, (laughs) Can you talk to us about a new project you've got coming up that you would like help with? Yes. So it works out that when you look at the statistics, the argument that sexism doesn't exist anymore doesn't really stand up to scrutiny. But it also means that we're constantly fighting against this idea that there isn't any problem. And I think the one thing I'd really love to highlight tonight, because not enough people know about this, it doesn't have enough attention, is that the government is currently saying that it wants to change the funding for short-term housing benefit. Now, this isn't a sexy kind of snappy thing, but what it means in a nutshell is that 39% of refuges in the UK will have to close their doors for good. It's the last sustainable form of funding that women's aid, refuges and other refugees specialist BME organisations that they rely on. So if women have suffered domestic violence or they've had to run, basically be refugees from their own home and they're suddenly on the street, they go to a women's refuge, 39%, and there's already been massive closing. There's already cuts. They're already turning away hundreds of women a day, but this would mean 4,000 more women being turned away. Okay. And if we want to support women's aid in trying to fight back against this, you can go to their website. There's a petition hosted on 38 degrees and in the autumn they are going women's aid is going to present an alternative sustainable funding model at that point they need people to write to their mps to get on this and say we support this please make this change okay so um i'm going to say let's do a show together about this brilliant at house of commons brilliant. um how, how do we do that because if we, I feel if we go to their house and we make a sort of fun space in their house, they want to be at the fun space. Because I feel like if those MPs were here tonight, they'd be like, oh, we mustn't do that. So I think we should go to their house and take a party to their house. Let's and we it. should call it the, the Commons House Party. <laughs> and we should invite all the MPs, anyone of influence who's close to the MPs. Sindhu V, would you co-host this with me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, Do you know anyone in the House of Commons who might let us in? Because I feel you've had a professional life in the past. Is there any door you can knock on? I could probably wrestle something up. Great, okay. So you're in charge of finding an MP who'll let us in. Great. Super. (laughs) Leila. (laughs) I will not come in my parrot outfit, Deborah. Okay. Do you know anyone? I know a few people. We okay, great. People. Do you know anyone? Yeah. Who do you people. think we will know, help? We, we know peeps. Right. <laughs> can I just say, if I'm going to organize the person who's going to get us in and use my connections, can you please not come in a vagina suit? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, no offense. I like vaginas. Can I, can I bring vagina just, cupcakes? At no, least? can we just... 
<laughs> maybe not have it so much on the nose. I mean, I have to keep these people sweet. <laughs> I, I can't have vaginas appear. We'll have the party. Okay. You can say vagina a lot to lots of people. Just don't appear as one because then it's kind of like they'll think this is not the party you told us, Sindhu, and I'll be like, yeah, I know. Listen, it's called house party. So it's called party. It's Everyone called loves a vagina at a party, Sindhu. Well, uh, yeah, but okay. But the kind of people that work at House of Commons, sure. they're okay. not the kind that go to parties, dinner right. parties okay. with vaginas. Listen, what we'll do is we'll do a discreet T-shirt. It'll have a hidden vagina <laughs> that only we will know. It's one of those optical illusions. It's one of those... Yeah, <laughs> like a flower. If you look at it yeah. this way, it looks like a flower. If you look at it this way, it looks like a yanny. And, uh, and we'll do that. Okay, so we get... I reckon Stella Creasy, Jess Phillips, they've both been on the podcast before... We'll get them involved and we'll see if we can bring some influence and bring some change and keep the refuges open. Are we in? Yeah. Yes. Sisterhood power. Let's do it. Yeah. Woo! Let's do it. Woo! Thank you so much. And please get behind these guys, their web, these women, their websites, uh, <laughs> all of that stuff. A big round of applause to Cindy V, Leila Hussein, and Laura Bates. I've got a phone in my underpants. <laughs> I was just going to tuck it into my belt and then I realised everything that I'm wearing is elasticised. And I ran out, I'm like, this is terrible. It's going down. It's getting colder on my butt cheek. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Look at this gig. Look at where we are. It's so exciting to be here. And it's such a beautiful building. I love... I love the UK and I love their old buildings. You have so much respect for your buildings because, like, this building's probably older than Australian Federation. And I went into this uh, Italian restaurant the other day and I just thought, look at what they've done in this building. It's so beautiful. And I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It was called um, Pizza Express. (laughs) Oh, oh, you look after your buildings. They're so beautiful. Here is, look, I'm going to say this. Um, I don't know. I'm just so excited about being on such a big stage. I've only got five minutes, but I'm going to be fucking two kilos lighter at the end of this. <laughs> Fabulous. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I could go down here too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Do you know, every time I go to sing like a cabaret song, the only, oh, Jesus, all right. I'm getting my wind up. I, um, fuck yes. I, uh... Every time I pretend to, like, try and think of a cabaret song, the only song I can ever think of is Mike Wazowski's from Monsters, Inc. That's all. <laughs> She's out of our hands. That's it. That's... <laughs> what am I doing? Tell a joke. Shut up. I... <laughs> I was on my way here, and I'm going to say it because no one else will. The wind is a creep. The wind is a sexist creep. If you knew a man that regularly blew your skirt up and, like, opened your bathroom door while you're having a shower and came out of your asshole, he would be in jail. I'm saying keep an eye on the wind. I've only got five minutes. Oh, I haven't pressed start. Oh, it starts now. I, uh... I don't know. No, I've got, we've, we're gonna, they're getting fined a lot of money right now. She's out of... Our, anyway, <laughs> what can I tell you? So the, the theme is change. The theme is change. And this is uh, not a local accent. Um, I am Australian. I'm sorry. And uh, it's just felt right, like the right political climate to apologise for being foreign recently. And um, very grateful to live and work in your country. Very grateful. Uh, <laughs> At the same time, my mum's English, so you can't kick me out, yeah! <laughs> visa, visa. You keep hate me. Um, no, they don't. I'm kidding. I'm white. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm very white. And I came over here originally with the intention of leaving. Um, not, <laughs> not straight away. I didn't get off the plane and go, I've made an expensive mistake here. <laughs> No, I was going to come over here for six months and then I was going to go back to Australia, but then I met someone and I fell in love. Typical, I know, typical foreigner coming over here, stealing your knobs and <laughs> heterosexual, I was surprised too. And uh, 
I went to drama school. I experimented. I, um, <laughs> gender and sexuality is fluid. Um, so I, I came over here and I, li- I really do love it over here. The thing that I just love the most, I just love Magic FM. God damn it, I love... <laughs> I love it, especially the late night show because it's just three hours of low energy sentimental music interrupted by a guy going, "Mm." (laughs) like that's all he does for three hours, just Just at different intonations, enough to bring on a bowel movement. (laughs) If you're backed up, pop on a little bit of Magic FM, mate. Just ease your way into the morning. (laughs) I... (laughs) That laugh wasn't a choice. I... <laughs> Has anyone seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too? You know, Ratbird? I um. That is for ten people in the audience. I uh, I watch a lot of children's animation. Anyway, I <laughs> I'm a child. I um um. I so I love Magic FM. I love that your obsession with putting puns in shop titles. Oh my God, I love it so much. I started collecting them since I moved over here. So there's two runners-up and a winner, right? The first runner-up is a pie shop. Now, if you had a pie shop, you could call it the Pie Hut. You could call it Pies R Us. But why would you bother when you could call it Pie Minister? Yes, please. Yes, please. Not the winners, just a runner-up. There's also a kebab shop called Abracababra. Yeah. Not the winner, just a runner-up. So the winner came in the form of a phone call. My friend knows that I do this, and he called me up and he said... Are you sitting down? And I said, what is it? He said, I found it. I said, what is it? He said, it's a halal store. I said, what's it called? He said, it's called halal. Is it meat you're looking for? <laughs> Lionel Richie and Islam together at last. Love is a meat you're looking for. So good. But now people know that I do this, so they send them to me. There was a woman sent one to me a little while back. There's an Indian restaurant called Papa Dom Preach. <laughs> there is a bakery in Korea called Bread Pit. <laughs> and there is a camera shop called One Day My Prince Will Come. <laughs> Love it. I'm probably going to have to wind up, guys. I've got to get off the fucking stage. I don't want to, but I don't want to cost them money. Okay, I will leave you. I will leave you on this. I have spent five years over here now. I ended up marrying that dude. And, uh, I, uh, well, I've been in three long-distance relationships and they've all ended the last one in marriage. And, uh... We just couldn't do it anymore. So I travel a little bit around the country and I, I love going to Edinburgh. I love it. It's one of, I just think it's one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world. And they say that Paris is the city of romance and I think they're wrong. I think it's Edinburgh because every time I go there, there's this bit of graffiti and it just says it on the wall and it just says, Stephen loves cock. And you just think <laughs> it's like having rose petals thrown at your face, you know? Just like stepping over a candlelit dinner. Now, before, before I go, the reason I put my phone in my underpants is because I wanted to take a photo um, because I want my mother to be proud of me. And um, are we able to get the house lights up very, very quick? So, um, all right. I could take a photo of my own name. What I can't. All right. <laughs> I'm going to, don't worry. I make it as a joke, but I absolutely will be. I don't know why I'm counting, but one, two, three... Also, you just did my favourite thing, which is making a noise in a photograph. (laughs) This has no impact. I'm a method photographer, actually. (laughs) Hey, you've been delicious. Have the best night on Felicity Warner. And I just want to say, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, we started this in a uh, basement. I started with Sophie Hagen, uh, who sadly isn't with us. I have to acknowledge that we started this together, and it's amazing that it's grown to this. And thank you so much. I feel very moved. I feel a bit emotional that it's sort of... So many people wanted to come with us when we said, we're not sure we're doing this right, but we'd like to do it a bit better. And that's really what The Guilty Feminist is. And we want to have fun while we're doing it. We want to create a space that's creative and inventive and isn't just standing against something, but standing for something. Now, uh, this is technically the end of the show, but I was wandering around backstage and I bumped into Emma Thompson. And and she she said... this show is fantastic. She didn't say that, but I'm paraphrasing. I, I saw it in her eyes. But she said, you're not doing enough. There's all too many young people. 
And uh, so I said, well, I said, put your hands together for the magnificent Emma Thompson. go to my head. <laughs> I have to tell you that this, you see, the thing is, when I was 18, as my daughter is now, uh, and here with me, uh, she dragged me, because I normally listen to it, you see, I don't go to the theatre very much, don't go out very much, because I'm so old and white. I'm an old white woman. And, um, you know, but I didn't have anywhere like this to go when I was 18. And it makes me... I, I was in that generation where people were saying, well, you can't be funny, and all my jokes were about herpes and Margaret Thatcher, which were very big at the time. <laughs> and let me tell you, they did not go down very well at the top of Nelson's fucking column, which is where I did them on a CND watch once. So all power to you, all power to all of you, and let us together continue this revolution, which is what it is, because this just didn't happen when I was a girl. And you did it, Deb, and you started it, and look!
this over the last hundred episodes, every single guest, every single one of you who's listened to told someone, you are the guilty feminist, we are the guilty feminist. This is just not me on my own in a room. And also, can I just say, um, can I just say, there is a real, there's, there's, firstly, The Guardian, thank you so much, and sorry about the huge fine, we've run over so much. I promise I will pay it personally, relax and enjoy. And... and you're going to chip it. Okay, everyone's going to chip in on the way out for the fine. And, and can I just say, there's somebody who gets the guilt of it. Like, basically, without, there's two people without whom I am just some ideas in bed. And one of them is Gina... No, no. One of them is Gina Dicio. Gina, where are you? Gina Dicio. She's my rock. Gina's my rock. I mean, honestly, she's my rock. And without her, I am nothing. And, I mean, literally, please don't leave me. And, and the other person who produces the podcast, gets it out, every, edits it. Jesus, he's a good editor, because sometimes it's just a load of nonsense. You know, and he produces, he gets it out, and he puts up with a lot of shit doing that. And he never complains. He does sometimes, actually, but most of the time he doesn't complain. It's the wonderful Tom Zielinski. Tom... Tom's in the lighting booth, so just give him a wave. Yeah. I think of Tom as my manker. It's like a man anchor. Um, it doesn't really work, I see that now. Uh, uh, and a big, huge thank you to those two people, but to everybody. And also, surprise guest Emma Thompson. I mean, seriously, fucking hell. Fucking hell. Um, thank you to the Palladium. Sorry we're late. You've all been amazing. Please leave as fast as possible. We love you. Good night.
You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, and my very special guests, Kima Bob, Felicity Ward, Laura Bates, Leila Hussein, Sindhu V, and Emma Thompson, with music from Ali McGregor and Suffragedon. The Guilty Feminist theme was composed by Mark Hodge and performed live by Mark and the Suffragedon Band. The podcast recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Live sound was by Autograph. Thanks to Michael Harris, Sophie Kinsella, Bridget Mohammed, everyone at Guardian Live, and everyone at the London Palladium. For more information about this and other episodes, check out guiltyfeminist.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com